All right, communication continues to be just one of the hottest topics in our marriage, but also in (laughs) couples that we ask. So the title we're working with on this episode is Clearly Communicating When Things Aren't So Clear. All right, so we, we presented a question. Remember that we mm-hmm. to the, to the fierce marriage community on Facebook, on Instagram, in fierce husbands, fierce wives. Those are groups on Facebook, and we said, "Hey, what causes the most arguments in your marriage?" And unironically, communication starts the most arguments. <laughs> so, like, it's communicating creates more communicating in a negative way. <laughs> so, we're going to tackle that topic today from a biblical standpoint. There's a lot of uh, I think underlying principles that go into how we communicate, but we're also going to get very tangible today. And talking through maybe some scenarios or ways that we tend to um, oversimplify mm-hmm. certain issues, mm-hmm. and that creates bad communication and therefore the arguments. So, thank you for joining us once again, and we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Good job communicating that opening. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That was good communication. I got one job to do. (laughs) That was one communication. Good communication. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. This is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, you want me to do housekeeping since you did the opening? Well, I'll do the Patreon one. Because, okay, yeah, hey, everyone, you know we hit 251 patrons on Patreon. So Yay. thank you so much for all of you patrons who are helping to keep this podcast ad-free and helping us push forward our new initiatives, which, by the way, here they are. All right. So if you're a transcription person, mm. we we have just I've I've been dragging my feet. I just figured out how to get them listed on our website in a way that's helpful. But we have a person, a new helper. Her name is Heather. So Heather, you're probably going to listen to this because you're transcribing. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, we have yet to actually speak in person because we're having a baby and all that kind of stuff. But Heather, I'm hoping that we can have a phone call soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you so much. Those transcripts are live starting with the latest episodes. Um, give us a few days because Heather obviously has to has to produce those. Mm -hmm. but they are going to be more and more alive as you go back into the archives, which is great for those who have asked. And worse, we couldn't be more thrilled to make those resources available. Uh, Also, having hit that the goal of 250 patrons on Patreon, we're going to be starting on some really fun. uh, It's going to be a lot of work, really exciting stuff. (laughs) Good times. And when it's ready, we will share it with you, with the world. um, And hopefully we can can create kind of a a movement of people Mm. that are fighting for fierce marriages across the country, across the world. So that's the Patreon thing. Uh, if you want to be a part of all that, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Uh, we would love to, to partner with you, uh, prayerfully partner with you, uh, whether it's $2 a month on up, whatever God is leading you to partner with, uh, we would just be honored. Mm. So yeah, there's the first one. Second one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know you were going to drop. I was like, just waiting for you to keep go. going. Thank you to all of you who are listening and people who have rated and reviewed this podcast. Please, if you haven't done so, take a f- one second or less to hit that five-star mm, rating you. and yes. leave a kind review so other people can look, listen, read, and say, yes, I want to listen to this, or nope, I don't. 
<laughs> but I'm sure if they're reading, they're already bought mm. in. So thank you for that. Please do that if you haven't done so. Um, also, if you have anything that, if you hear anything that prompts a question, please ask. You can do this by calling or texting us at 971-333-1120. You can mm-hmm. also go on fiercemarriage.com slash podcast and submit there. Um, and we are also doing a new segment. We have not figured out a cool, catchy name for it yet, but it's about eight minutes long, answering one question from you, our listeners and readers. Um, and we are doing, we're releasing that every... Yeah, it's actually a new bonus thing. Yes. It's not actually a segment per okay. se. It's a, kind of a new Sorry. episode that comes out. It'll come out this week on Thursday. So these come out on Tuesdays. And on Thursdays, when we're not doing an interview, which um, we've taken a little hiatus from interviews, we're dropping these new questions. So actually, we're going to answer a question that came in through text message. Right. And we're going to answer that. So these, um, are, these are like hot questions. Yeah. Like, it'll, it'll be good. They're really yeah. good. Try to ta- we try to tackle extremely complex, nuanced subjects. In eight minutes <laughs> In eight or minutes less. or less. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So thank you again, uh, all you amazing listeners and supporters of Fierce Marriage. So yeah, I think uh, we will get back to interviews. We, oh, did we, have, we have three already kind of waiting in the wings. Right. I just don't want people to think we're not doing them anymore at all. No, we, we just are. kind of had, you know, finishing the book, having a baby. Yeah. You are now on break from uh, your school. From seminary. Seminary. Yeah. I'm like college, theology. <laughs> what is the word right here? From classes. <laughs> from, from the schools. Yeah. But that's not going to last very long. <clears throat> no. So, um, so I got to be honest before we jump in. I am really tired. I was up at 3 a.m. to take my parents to the airport. and Like a good son. It's like noon <laughs> right now, so I'm I'm burning on fumes already. So right. hopefully Selena can carry this whole thing, and I can just snooze in the corner. <laughs> Speaking of snoozing, Louisa is snoozing in the corner. She is. You may get to get the privilege yeah. of hearing her again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we are going to talk about how to clearly communicate with each other when things aren't so clear. And we're mm. not saying that we've nailed this because this actually came from an argument that we had. And interestingly enough, some of our closest friends had uh, a hard time in argument. Not argue- They were just having going through some stuff. And it was really difficult. They actually brought us in and we were able to sit with them, hear them, and help communicate, I think, some truths that they were missing, but both going the same direction. Um, so God is so good in that, but we just realized there are, even after us being married 16 plus years, uh, Mm. we still don't communicate well. (laughs) And we, I feel like it's some, in some areas it's gotten worse at times. Yeah. Because I'm like, how are you not hearing what I'm saying? Or how are you hearing this? And I am not saying that at all. And it's just like, I don't understand. It's like, we're speaking two different languages. (laughs) So we are, we, when we looked at these conversations, like look, talk to each other about it, we saw a few kind of basic themes emerging about bad communication, (laughs) which is kind of where we're starting. So there's, there's kind of three bad, bad ways of communicating to each other. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, well, I think one of the things that I think an overarching theme that seems to surround communication is that uh, arguments and frustration and fights rarely erupt because of what is actually being said. Right. They, I won't say they never do, but usually the arguments ha- happen around a greater context. Mm-hmm. They happen, you've somehow pushed a button. Uh, there's a subtext, meaning that there's things that aren't said but are still being implied. Communicated. And being communicated yes. through the words that you're not saying in the words that you are saying. So much more important than just the what, the, the content of what you're saying. That's important. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk about that a little bit. But it's also the tone and the timing. So, And we're going to get into all that stuff in yeah. gra- into greater detail. Um, but I, I actually, before we jump in, I want to... I'm going to share from a book. So there's a kind of a perennial resource here. It's called We Can Work It Out. (laughs) And it's 
it sounds like a song. It's about conflict uh, resolution, specifically in marriage. I don't think it's from a perspective of believers. I could be wrong, but it's not an overtly Christian book. And they did, I mean, a massive, what's called a longitudinal study. What that means is they basically start with a group of people in some sort of study group. And they have, they have uh, what are they called when they are, uh, they're not part of the variable group. They're part of the... They're the control group. That's what they are. <laughs> so there's a control group, and then there's part of the study. And they and they start the longitudinal parts. They start with this, and they follow these people for like 30 years oh, and wow. see how the beginning affected the end mm. and watched, watched them. Anyway, they found some very, very unconventional things, all right? So conventional wisdom. All right, Selena, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in front of you, and you tell me what you think. All right, whom you marry has a lot to do with how happy your marriage will be, true or false? True. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I think there's probably truth to it. Their finding was marital happiness has little to do with whom you marry. This is based on data, right? Okay. So whom you marry. It has very little to do with whom you marry and everything to do with how you cope with, guess what? Conflict. <laughs> okay. They they did this a study over well, all these groups. Get, that's just... <laughs> no, they, they can predict... A sample What they can here. say is they can predict marital bliss, right. quote unquote, based <laughs> on how well a couple handles conflict in their personal lives. Right. Makes sense. Together and separately. Right. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Conventional wisdom. Uh, personality flaws. His, his insensitivity, her insecurity, and so on and so forth are the underlying cause of marital distress, true or false? Well, false, because it's how you deal with conflict, right? So it's not that. <laughs> it says personality traits do not predict marital happiness or marital stability. So what that would imply is that, hey, I could be completely insincere or completely uh, what insensitive mm-hmm. to you, and you can be completely insecure or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is not a deciding factor in mm-hmm. whether or not our marriage is healthy and thriving. Okay, consider that sure. say, as we talk through conflict well, and yeah, things like that. We, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the conventional wisdom, another one. These are fun. Uh, <laughs> we should do more true or false. <laughs> <laughs> how compatible and alike you, uh, let's see, how compatible and alike you are to your partner is an important ingredient to relational success. How true alike or false? you are? How compatible or alike? Well, false, because the first question. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Because it doesn't, you're just saying basically like it doesn't matter who you marry or how well you're how compatible you are. It's how you deal with conflict and how you communicate through that. So well, in a way it says it, this is the, their finding. Okay. It's not how similar or different you are. It's how you handle differences when they arise. So that false. Counts. Yeah. So I was right. Yeah. So every one of these <laughs> the conventional wisdoms is going to be debunked in some way. <laughs> I so was right spoiler for the alert. Wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. Conventional wisdom problems early in marriage tend to get better with time. So it is best to ignore them at the beginning. <laughs> True. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, obviously you know where we're going with this. Yeah. But a lot of folks get married thinking, oh, you know, that little issue is not that big of an issue. But they fully see, they have their, their uh, what is it, like their wedding glasses on. Yeah. They have their rose, honeymoon glasses on. Rose-colored lenses. Yeah. And so they they think, oh, he'll, you know, he plays video games now, but once we get married, like, he's going to spend time with me. No, mm. I got news for you, honey. <laughs> That's the video game thing, unless there's intervention or any other addiction or any other yeah, wherever, anything. It's funny. Wherever we go, there we are. <laughs> yes. It's going to continue and it's probably going to increase. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, that's the conventional wisdom. And our finding, this, the authors of this book, they said problems tend to worsen over time. So it's best to deal with them early in the relationship when they're easier to handle. Um, 
This one I think is, I'll go quickly. Uh, the conventional wisdom is men and women have different needs in a relationship and have different approaches to intimacy. That's the conventional wisdom. Mm -hmm. Okay, their finding was the major difference between men and women in marriage lies in the way they handle conflict and not in their ability to be intimate. Yeah. So again, I think I've made the case for and these people have made the case, obviously, with lots of data, lots of study, lots of winsome language. They've mm -hmm. said it's it doesn't really the content of what you're saying and the content really to an extent of who you are isn't the determining factor. Right. It's how do you handle that conflict? Now, everything that these these people found, it's already echoed in Scripture throughout Scripture. That's what I love about studies is they inevitably unearth some truth that was already there. Right, right. It's like G.K. Chesterton said, uh, you know, I, I went out on the ocean of basically exploration and came back upon the familiar shores of orthodoxy as if somebody, you know, somebody who basically like left London, circled around to Ireland and said, I found new land. And it's just people are already there living there. Right. right, right. So like biblical truth is already here and we're just unearthing it right. in new ways. So given that reality that it's not necessarily what you say, but it's how you handle the conflict that mm. it creates and mm -hmm. how that conflict is created. That's what we're coming at today. That's what yes. we're talking through today is how to make communication clearer and how to hear things more clearly so that you can actually work through them in a more productive way. Well, and also your heart, you know, orientation of when things are miscommunicated or even maybe there's some clear, hard, not so nice things that are communicated. How, how, how are you going to respond to that? Mm -hmm. how, what does the Bible say in those instances and how should we, how should we react to that response, right? Mm. Um, so the first sort of theme that we saw within ourselves mainly, um, and some, you know, we've you've probably seen this in your own marriage, is that we tend to oversimplify uh, the situation mm. or feelings of our spouse or of each other. This is my big yeah. thing, which is kind of ironic, I guess, because I feel I so badly want to get to the resolution and fix it, which is, you know, they say men want to do that, but interestingly enough, I feel like that too, because I'm like, well, I thought about this and I've seen all these indicators, so this must be it. Right. And mm. that did not go over well with my husband the last well, few weeks. It's just the, yeah. why can't you just do this? Like I can, it's, it's, it's a bit of projection, which we'll get into as well, but it's just like, why can't you just do the laundry? Right. Or why can't you just be with our family and be excited about it? And why I love being with our family. Why don't you love being with our family? Or, right. you know, those kinds of questions feel if, if like the husband is gone all the time or, you know, it feels maybe the wife is feeling like, Oh, he doesn't want to be around us or something. Um, and so it can come from a place of pride and arrogance. It can also come from a place of insecurity, I believe. Huh. Um, which, Again, it's not meaning to oversimplify, I think, the situation. It's just coming to this point of, like, I need to ask these questions, um, which that's where I felt like I was in our situation. But asking the questions kind of blew up in my face. So we'll get we'll, we'll sort through that a little bit, so too. So an example, I mean, I picture a husband, right, or a wife <clears throat> who is uh, worried about finances, and they, they express that or it comes through somehow in their communication. And the spouse, um, maybe a, a well-meaning spouse could say oh you're not you're just not trusting god enough mm. okay well okay that's probably true in a very at some level on, yeah on a deep level it's probably very true but you're oversimplifying in that yes i need to trust god but there's also this god has called us to steward well he's right. called us to be wise with our finances he's call, called us not to be foolish and and so oversimplifying could maybe and if there's a hot button there for you meaning that this is something that um you know, like I'm really trying not to work hard. I work too much. I'm trying to be a. Uh, I'm trying to have a better balance. <laughs> trying with, to be a workaholic. Trying to be a workaholic. 
<laughs> takes time. <laughs> but I'm trying to have a better balance. So anytime you um, oversimplify, maybe, a, and that's what we were getting for at sure. Earlier, something but. that's close to your heart, something that you're you're very active in and like trying to combat. So any small question about that is just like. Mm-hmm. guns come out like it fires but you're just blazing oh, right high yeah you're just i whenever you say how long does it take you to put the laundry away <laughs> or not you but how long <laughs> well, does it was, take well that it's was just getting like into scorched subtext earth, scorched earth yes that's getting into subtext right and that's where i said one of our biggest argument points was that questions uh what did i say he says questions have consequences questions and i was like well i don't think qu- consequences is the right word <laughs> But they do. that's fine. Because you can see my pet peeve is being like, <laughs> hey, don't you think that maybe this is that or that you should do this better or whatever? And I'm thinking. I'm already well, working on it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it, all this kind of stuff. And then and then if I get upset or whatever, and if, you've probably had this happen in your marriage. Or someone gets a, You ask a question. One hot button for us is the laundry thing. Like Selena's really good at folding laundry, but then it'll just sit there sometimes. And I'm like, a job's not done until it's done. And you're like, I did that job. The next job is putting the laundry away. For some reason, it's so hard for me to put it away. (laughs) The worst thing. No, but I do laundry. I don't know. I fold laundry and it makes me so tired. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is. If it's like this Pavlov's thing that happened when I was a kid. Like every time I fold laundry, go take a nap. (laughs) That's probably what it was. But the worst thing I can do is your husband. You could help and put it away. I could. But that's not the principle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the worst thing I could do, though, is I could come down and be like, so how hard is it to put laundry away? How hard is that? And you'd be like, and you would, you'd be like, what? You don't even know what I've been dealing with down here and all, because I work up in above the garage in the office. You don't know this, that, and the other. And I'm like, if I just, if I just said, if I just said, whoa, 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 I was just asking a question. I mean, is it hard or is it easy? I just, I'm just asking. No, obviously I'm not looking for data <laughs> about how hard it is to put laundry away. Go to Google I'm asking the question to imply an irritation <laughs> and to make, and I'm projecting this on you and there's subtext. <laughs> right. And so questions have consequences. <clears throat> and if I were just like, whoa, I just asked a simple question. Ease up. I, I mean, like crazy. consequences is still such a harsh word. They have, um, I feel like it's like a, a prompting, con- not like a consequence. <laughs> it feels so negative in the connotation of it. Well, questions are negative. <laughs> don't Follow ask, me blindly. Don't ask questions. <laughs> so that's what we're getting at when you say questions have consequences. Right. And, and right. oversimplifying <clears throat> by saying, oh, I just asked this question. And, you know, I think that's one way if we can oversimplify. Right. But, and I think we anyway. can we can approach this place, this from a place of pride also, you know, when saying like, why can't you do this? Like if it comes, if something comes really easy for you as a mm. spouse, but not as easy for your husband or wife, like parenting young children, maybe, you know, mm. that's, I, I feel like per, different personalities are, are, it's more challenging. Um, maybe mm. it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, cleaning the house, going to work. I don't know, whatever. I feel like those are not, those are pretty broad examples, but I guess, you know, one thing for us is like, I, what am I really bad at that you're really good at? <laughs> no, okay, no, no this is it. This, this is it. You're, I'm good at picking up the house, but you're good at cleaning the house. Like you're good this at like true. scrubbing it was your janitorial years. You're just mm. this beacon of light. Master of custodial arts. Yes. Thank you very much. <clears throat> So you are really good at like getting a deep clean. I'm really good at like being a tornado and picking up the house really quick and wiping things down. You can down. tidy up fairly quickly yes. and fairly well. But and then right. but and I'm if like, you look too closely, you might be shut upset. Your mouth. <laughs> Not all the time. But that's If I tell you I'm if, gonna clean the kitchen, you know that the kitchen's gonna, gonna be, be sparkling. Gonna, and you're gonna be But thrilled. you could come from a place of pride and be like, Why can't you just wash 
like wipe the wash the bathroom <laughs> clean the bathroom why can't you do that why can't you you know deep clean this and i'm like <laughs> because i have three children and i don't want them to drink bleach while i'm trying to clean this See, so there's an no oversimplification <laughs> very much so but you know Proverbs, wash the bathroom selena Proverbs. <laughs> make the party just make the party Proverbs fellas. and psalms talk a lot about pride and how it definitely goes before destruction, right? And there's there's a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, in Psalm 59, I was reading, um, this is David when Saul sent men to kill him. He said, for the sin of their mouths, the words of their lips, let them be trapped by their pri- in their pride for the cursing and lies that they utter. <clears throat> and this psalm is interesting because it remi- David ends this psalm uh, by reminding himself about the goodness of God. He said, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning for you have been... To me, a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, O God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. Which I think is just a good illustration of when when someone is, is prideful and coming after you, you don't necessarily have to rise up to that occasion, right? Mm-hmm. We need to sit there and remind ourselves of who God is and not necessarily just get all flared up and huffy-puffy because someone else is, mm-hmm. our spouse especially. Like we can, not that you just are like sitting there all holy, right? As, as your spouse is like, why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? But Christ has freed us to not, we don't have to respond out of emotion. Hmm. We've been freed from that. We can, we can say, God wants me to respond this way. So God, you are my strength. You are my fortress. Help me in the situation. I'm not saying it's like in the moment all the time, but I think that God is so good and that he can get us to a place to be able to be in the moment and not be responsive the way that way well self-control is a fruit of the holy spirit right if we, the holy spirit indwells us oh no, shoot self-control is going to come out of us absolutely just like love patience kindness just like everything else self-control it's controlling right. our emotions in those hard times and not letting our pride flare right. up when when we're being corrected now right. this is easier if you don't feel like your spouse is oversimplifying right and glossing over a lot and making too many assumptions. Right. The problem is, is that we're human, right? And so right. It's, it's inevitable that you're going to have these things happen. So it's just knowing that, okay, if we're having a hard time communicating, uh, pride is usually a factor, meaning yeah. that someone is not conceding that they might not know everything, <laughs> that they might need to hear some constructive criticism. Right. They might, their spouse might be coming at it from a way, from a heart that is loving. Right. Right. It's a projecting thing. And that's that's where we that's the next point is that there's pride that gets in the way, but also we tend to project on one another that right. I know you, you I, I I do this to you just as much as you do it to me. I think you do it in ways that are um different. Like they're just different, but you assume that you know what I'm thinking before I've even thought it. I always know what you're thinking. <laughs> and so I <laughs> will just be clear. I will effectively get in trouble for thoughts that you think I've had. Because For example. <laughs> it's gonna be really hard to have an example of like on like three hours of sleep last night. But you'll, you'll, you'll know like the laundry thing, right? I'll come down again, working, try not to work as much, but inevitably I'm working and I'll come down and you're, you're obviously there's stuff happening in the house. I can hear it happening. I come down to help (laughs) and the laundry's sitting there and you just see me look at the laundry and then you think in your head, oh, he's going to say something about that. He's going to criticize me for that. Ooh, he is such a bad husband. Oh, I'm already mad at him. And I'm just like. (laughs) Hey, can I help with something? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I could. That could happen. Uh, <laughs> right? Maybe I don't always. Uh, not no, always that helpful. I said that a friend today. T- no, no, no. Yeah, a friend told me that 
Tim Keller on one of his uh, podcasts. He's talking about marriage. He says, oftentimes we think we're shooting like BB guns at each other when really we're shooting rockets at each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really hurting each other with our words and, and the power behind them. In this case, my thoughts. And your thoughts and looks. <laughs> my, it's everything. It's the all thoughts the things. The thoughts that you think I'm having yep. are like rockets to your own. <laughs> to your... <laughs> and so but we tend to project. Right, okay? right. So, okay, intimacy is a big, a yeah. big example of this for, I think, many husbands, um, and projecting on their wives, right? So if we've gone a longer stint mm-hmm. where we haven't been intimate, where we've talked about this in the past, uh, but we are kind of healthy, um, frequency is three, every three to four days, two, three, four days is about when we <laughs> need to be <laughs> every day. It's about <laughs> two when, to seven days, <laughs> six, five. And so like, if it's been, numbers. if it's been, <laughs> let's say it's been five days, right. And we haven't been intimate or it's been four days. And I, I could easily project on you and I have done this and I have to fight this, but I'm like, well, she's obviously avoiding me, she <laughs> but if she obviously doesn't, you know, she, she's thought about it just like I have, but she's, she, she doesn't want me That's so interesting to as hear. her husband. And she doesn't want to be intimate with me. She's rejecting me. She hates me. <laughs> and so we Just project spiral. because I value it in a different capacity. You well, value your it too. Well, thought process towards it is so different right. than mine, right. if we're honest. And so I have to, I have to if, if I'm on my game, I can say, I'm projecting right now. She yeah. probably hasn't thought about it. She probably would be very... Um, willing if i just bring it up in a in a way that's not it's not and sad to think that oh man it's been five days and i don't even understand i don't even know what day it is to be honest and this season in life is is, it's a little bit more survival you know the season is unique in that way yeah yeah right so we can easily project onto each other and you put that into any sort of like uh so another one other (laughs) it's it's provision right if you're saying something about oh i wish i could get that jacket or those shoes or whatever, or you're saying, man, um, we need that. And you're just maybe verbalizing something that is on your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, th- I'm hearing that. And I'm saying she's, she hates everything I've fought to provide for our family. Ungrateful. She's woman. ungrateful. <laughs> she doesn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> just, that's some serious oversimplification. <laughs> Very much so. But she's not thinking through all the nuances of right, my provision right. and my ability to provide as a man, as a husband mm-hmm. in, in this season of our lives. She's just thinking, oh, those boots might be nice right. <laughs> to get. Which, I mean, we can't, we can't gloss over, you know, the power of our words and all of, you know, the Bible talks about how God will judge our words and all of the, I can't think of the word that is used for the words, the, the unnecessary words okay. um, that we are, that we're saying. And so I think, as a verbal processor myself in a lot of ways, although I think I'm going to the other end of the spectrum, uh, being aware of what we say and how it could be received and the weight of that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, aligning that up with our spouse and knowing our spouse and how they tend to hear things and how they tend to process and internalize things is, is wise of us to do. Um, and we, instead of oversimplifying situations, um, and how our, our spouse is feeling like stop and, and start, Start talking about, or start telling yourself, remind yourself that right. you're on the same team. I think that's been a big one for us. Is you you say that to me because I'm like, nope, <laughs> like you're against me and I'm gonna win. Like that's that arises in me and it's not good. It's mm. not biblical. It's sin. And uh, that I want to jump in yeah. a really clear area that this 
is helpful is around in-laws. Mm. We are on the same team. It's not me versus you and your family and you versus me and my family. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these projections and pride, and, and we're going to talk later about um, empathy. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk later about uh, a few other things. But that all comes into comes to bear very clearly when it comes about like talking about your, your spouse's parents, right. Right? right? Or maybe some annoying or, you know, things they've done or ways they've hurt well, you our or family ways of origin has such a huge influence on us yeah yeah and so we have to remind each other hey i'm on your side right. we are in this together i'm not against you yeah you have to say that sometimes mm-hmm. that really is has deflated a lot of our really <laughs> frustrating moments i feel like it's when mm-hmm. you've said that to me has been so helpful and so loving um, it takes my emotions some time to get around to that, but my heart and my head hear it, and I'm like, okay, yes, we are on the same team. <sighs> yeah. He feels the same way. Well, he doesn't feel the same way, but he he understands that I feel this way, mm-hmm. and I think that's what helps me respond better. Yeah. Um, and reminding you know each other that okay, my my husband is a child of God, so the way I'm talking to him, if it's talking, well, I feel like it. I don't talk down to you. Sometimes I do, I guess. Mm. But if we're, do I talk down to you? <laughs> I think, <laughs> or in some, you disrespect. And some of the oversimplifying things, right? right? So we, I'd made, I had to make a kind of a critical decision recently around work and stuff, and you were, yeah. you were just like, just do this, and like with that broad stroke of just do this, you're basically throwing out all these like months of thinking. No, because we talked about like, it for months of thinking and conversations. Well, not. But it felt like to you. <laughs> clearly this is resolved, ladies and gentlemen. It felt like to you that I was saying that, but we still came <laughs> around to that same conclusion. Can I just point that we out? We don't always though. <laughs> and in that case, I did not feel loved. I felt like you were just dismissing um, all this other nuance that I was trying to work through and right. consider. And you were just being, in, in that sense, you were talking down. Yeah. Because they were just when we like, oversimplify, it's we can like, just, talk down. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's simple. Just figure it out. Yeah. It's clear, right? Why can't you figure this out? Why are you so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> That's what you were saying to me. <laughs> okay. This so reminding crack. ourselves that we are on the same team, that there's probably more going on than we know, mm-hmm. right? In, this, in the life of our spouse. So let's be humble. Let's, let's extend some grace. Let's use wisdom, right? Humility is wisdom, I feel like. Don't assume you just know everything. Yeah. And are there questions and conversations that are coming from a place of pride? It's, it's Sometimes it's hard to examine ourselves, right? And mm. so pray and ask the Holy Spirit, like our counselor, to help bring clarity to us. But mm. also, I think if there's a sister in Christ or a brother in Christ, you can say, I feel like I want to ask these questions. I don't know how they're going to respond. Can you... what? Knowing, knowing us, right, advocating for our marriage, how would this come across? And uh, this is not in a gossipy sense. This is not in like uh, a div- dividing sort of conversation. This is more mm. of a, I can't seem to clearly, and this is something I should probably do better, be better at, honestly, is I, I don't know how this is, he's going to respond to this. So mm. can I filter it through you? And what do you think? You know, and again, having that community there that can say, yeah, I don't think that's a good question. Or why do you want to ask this question? What are you really asking here? Yeah. Um, and help kind of dig around in that. Yeah. So an underlying theme on all this, and we'll recap everything. This feels like we're maybe going a few different directions here, but we'll recap all this. But empathy is, mm-hmm. is so key, right? So we, people talk about emotional um uh, we talk about intellect all the time, like mm. uh, knowledge, like your IQ, right? That's how smart you are, your intellect. That's basically your book smarts right. or how well can you problem solve, right? Emotional intelligence or your EQ is something that is oftentimes overlooked, meaning that how, how well can you, are you aware of your own 
kind of emotional state, your emotional feelings, and how well are you aware of that of your spouse? And then true emotional intelligence mm. uh, and, and like emotional maturity, I would say, mm-hmm. comes from actually being able to handle that knowledge with care and with mm. grace. So that starts with empathy. Mm-hmm. So just the other, this last night, I, I looked over on the couch. We were watching the baking show as we do now. <laughs> and I looked over and the baby was being fussy and I was holding the girls. I was snuggling with them and they've kind of clung to me as as you've needed to be, you know, there for the little one. Mm-hmm. And I just said, thank you for caring for our baby mm-hmm. in the way that you do. Because she, you're the one that is getting up. That's just how it, it works for us. You're the one that's obviously she's right. nursing so that right. I can't help there. <laughs> I can be moral support. Yeah. But you're the one that's losing sleep in that. I lose sleep in other ways because the, 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 the five-year-old and the three-year-old still like to get up out of their bed. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> and so I handle that. But yeah, so I just looked over and said, man, that is that can't be in my head. I don't know if I said this because I was tired last night again. But I said, I think I said, um, I, I just, I can't handle how, I mean, I, I would be able to handle how hard that is. Like, I can't imagine how hard that is and how it's like an ongoing, constant thing. And that maybe you want to extend grace to you mm. and not be just irritated because you didn't do X, Y, or Z, but really say right. there's actually a lot going on. Yeah. And yeah. Empathizing. Grace and gratefulness. I feel like if once it's, once you hit that button of empathy, right? Once you step into that, I feel like grace and end oh, um, gratefulness can, can flow. And if you can't find the empathy, start listing the ways you can be grateful for your mm-hmm. spouse and then start talking to them. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a good place to start because when you're grateful for them, you start seeing more and more, of what they do and why they do it. And I think that's a mm-hmm. big, a big example there. So, and, uh, you know, more examples of this is, uh, you think about how your spouse has had maybe a tough day at work, or maybe yeah. you think about how family, um, happenings could be affecting him or her, whether it's their, right. their parents, or St- maybe yeah. if someone's sick or there's been a, a fallout somewhere, right. um, just think about how that could be handling them or how that could be affecting them. Again, I'm sorry, I'm pretty tired today. <laughs> so the, let's recap real quick. The themes of kind of bad communication, uh, the first one, oversimplifying uh, a situation or feelings of each other. The second one is uh, ignoring or not considering kind of the subtext or connotation around right. these questions. And I think we've kind of talked about this uh, through that first section of how mm-hmm. instead of oversimplifying, you know, we can extend grace we can be empathetic we can be grateful and we right. can kind of filter instant not act out of arrogance and pride and projecting how we mm. feel and how we communicate onto our spouse um so this the second one of ignoring or not considering the subtext around kind of the questions or circumstances right. that you're dealing with the conflict basically mm-hmm. uh that that's a big one for me because i again asked a question that did not i did not consider all of the subcontext around it. <laughs> You're somewhat culpable because you literally started with, don't get mad, but I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> well, because I had been considering in my heart, I it, it's not like I'm setting out to be malicious. I know. I was, I was considering in my heart, maybe this is something that you're struggling with and we should work on it together or talk to each other about it. Mm. And... I did not, it did not go over well. It was basically saying you don't, I was asking him like, maybe our family is frustrating to you and you had, I was implying to you that, and I didn't mean to, that you, you don't love our family and that you haven't, I was implying to you that you don't love our family and that you haven't shown Mm -hmm. that in a while, it seemed like. And I was questioning these things and you were like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) 
because I've been taking time off work. I feel like I've been helping you. And so there's a big clash of the titans. You know, and another way this kind of can generally be spoken to, I think, from a husband to maybe a mom who stays at home or just a wife in general. Like, what have you been doing all day? <laughs> like, or again, yeah. the personal favorite of mine is how long. Uh, anything about the laundry is just a nice big trigger for me. Yeah, that's why we bring it up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so the question, you no. know, the question here is again not what is being said, but what what's happening around this situation. So yeah. the words, it's not about the content, like you said, it's about the context here. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm not I'm not Ryan. I don't process things the way he does, uh, which is I think a, gr- a great strength and a weakness in our marriage. Right? Yeah. I think it's a good thing that you can process things differently because I come to you a lot and say I don't understand this. Help mm. me. What are you seeing here that I'm not seeing here and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that if we know each other, we can then know how to communicate well with each other or bad because yeah. <laughs> you, you're more familiar with what's going to go over well. But again, we're 16 years into marriage and I was like, I think this is going to be helpful. <laughs> and it blew up in my face. Yeah. So again, I was like, yeah. well, I was really trying to consider the situation and everything, but you know, I, sometimes there's just repentance and mm-hmm. grace that has to be extended. Well, the the, the tendency is, is that when those, again, how we handle conflict mm-hmm. is so much more of a predictor of our ability to communicate well, communicate well and have health. Yeah. So a lot of times any one of these triggers, right? So just like you already recapped oversimplification and then the the recoil that comes from that. Then there's the ignoring and not considering subtext connotations around question or a circumstance all right and we're gonna talk about timing and tone those are the three kind of scenarios that create the conflict Mm. pride is what will keep pride or humility or what will keep us from resolving that conflict in a healthy Mm. way and pride a lot of times will keep us from empathizing it doesn't help us communicate well at all it will keep us yeah it'll keep us from um from admitting that we're wrong right it will keep us from actually wanting to ask questions that that leaving leave us meaningfully vulnerable, where mm-hmm. you can actually speak into my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so pride and humility go hand in hand with right. empathy, which goes hand in hand with mm-hmm. actually communicating well, particularly in the marriage context. Right. So let's talk about context here. I guess the timing and tone, right? Because that's about context. Well, there's as one well. thing I just wanted to t- to touch on is in terms yeah. of scripture of considering the situation, right? And not just not just what's being said, but what's being said around it. So when we, I was looking, you know, it's, it says to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we're considering and mm. loving, we're, when we're asking these questions, when we're going to our spouse, we are essentially trying to love them, mm-hmm. you know, as we love ourselves. And so knowing them, I think it really combats this. And when I was reading around the context too, right? We're not just reading the verse, but I'm reading around mm-hmm. it, which is what we're talking about here. Um, in Luke 10, 27, there, there are a lot of references, but in this specific reference, it was the Good Samaritan story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, your strength with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And they were, again, this was out of the Good Samaritan story. And they, when you look at that story, there's a lot of assumptions made between Jews and Samaritans. There's a lot mm. of just dichotomy between them. And it's it was yeah. easy for them to, like, objectify and dehumanize each other, right? Like, oh, they're a Samaritan, like, or they're a Jew. Like, there's all these things that are going implied. against them yeah. and implied when really, like, they're two humans, right? And so I think that happens in marriage. I think that we can be like, oh, my husband's always like this, or my wife always does these things. But if we really are loving how Christ has called us to mm. love, then we need to set those assumptions aside. We need to set those, uh, anything that might 
dehumanize them or objectify them in terms of like turning them into an enemy in our minds. Yeah. And we need to we need to remind ourselves again we're on the same team. We need to remind ourselves that that God loved us first. Mm. That our hearts can rest in that love. Uh, that we are called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. And part of loving God is, it, this sounds really bold, maybe I need to back this up, but loving God, part of loving him means loving those around us as well. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be an overflow of his love if it's genuine in our hearts. Right. right? And when we're considering the situation and loving our spouse, we're ultimately loving them in a way that God calls us to without pretense, right? Mm. And that's a hard thing to do. So, in, well, Speaking of the Jew and the Samaritan thing, okay, so we tend to do that. There's all the all the conflict that was there, all the cultural differences, all the things that made right. that story remarkable. We can do that to each other. And, and I think, you know, love is faithful in a lot of ways, meaning that I'm faithful to you, mm-hmm. but I'm also faithful in the sense that I'm always hoping for your best. I'm mm. hoping for God's best in your heart. Right. Always believing. It's First Corinthians thirteen seven. Love hopes all things, believes all things, mm-hmm. uh, endures, it, it endures all, all, things. all things. Love bears all things. Mm. Okay, so if I'm faithful in that sense, that I'm not just saying you're you're a Samaritan and you'll never change. Mm. I can't. You, you've already like we are opposed to each other. Right. You won't change who you are, your DNA, your nation of origin, so to speak. Right. Is not going to change. You're always going to be stubborn. You're always going to be, you know, like the things that I can't stand <laughs> in this moment. Why are you the way? <laughs> and so, to be. but that's not loving, right? That's not love. Okay, you are. You have seared that side that's facing your spouse right. and saying like, you can't, you can't get in here anymore because mm. you're you, I'm me. You're never, gonna, and we're not going to be one flesh in this mm. sense. And so love hopes all things, endures all things, believes all things, and it bears all it things. Bears all things. Yeah. So I, if I'm going to be faithful in my marriage, I'm going to trust that God is at work in your heart, yeah. that you can change, that I can be a force that God uses to catalyze change in your heart mm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can speak God's truth to you in love. I don't have to be right. I can give up on all that stuff. I can just be loving and speak truth to you mm-hmm. because I love you, because God... And so I think that will do so much to allow you to handle conflict in a healthier way. Right, and allow you to communicate clearly in that conflict Mm. and in a loving way. So timing and tone, this is our last sort of piece to this whole communication issue. Uh, Timing and tone are everything, and I Mm. think that's just been a personal one from our own marriage that we've learned. And again, this I want to be clear that timing is not about a man, it's not a manipulation thing. It's it's about using wisdom. Mm. It's not saying, well, I'm just going to wait until, you know, he's all happy and all this and then I'm going to ask him something that I want or whatever. You know, it's not mm. a manipulation tool. It's asking it's asking ourselves like when is the best time to talk about this? Cuz I think it's a loving act towards your spouse uh to to find a good time because you're giving them the best opportunity to answer mm. well. When yeah. they're in a good place, basically, like when they're rested, when they're fed, when their their heart is full, I think that is giving them a, a, the best opportunity again mm. to respond uh, in a loving and generous way. And I'm mm. not saying again, this is not a manipulation tool. Wisdom is taking the time to think and pray about this. It's saying when is a good time to approach because you don't. The last thing you want to do, <laughs> you know, is is communicate some some great way like I love you or some good truth or some generous act and they're just coming home from work and it's just been a rough day and there's mm-hmm. all these things like 
I guess one example is like when we wake up in the morning, the one thing you don't want me to do is just like start off on like all the things we need to do. You want a good morning, right? <laughs> a greeting of some sort. A greeting, acknowledgement of some sort. I that this is sort. our first meaningful contact for the day. <laughs> good morning to you, Good morning, sir. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, timing and, and tone. So one of the ways that this is very practical is um, – you know, like you said, you, you think about the time when you're bringing things up. But mm-hmm. one way you can deal with really hard things is you can actually set a date with mm-hmm. each other and say, hey, can I talk to you about that hard thing tonight? Yeah. Or can I just talk to you tonight? I have something I want to mm-hmm. hash out. I'm working through it. See how that's already kind of a more humble posture right. as opposed to like, you're the enemy or you're wrong. It's very disarming. I'm yeah. right. Yeah. And so it, what happens is you come to that conversation kind of with your wits about you. Right. And you're on your better behavior, hopefully. You leave your guns at home. <laughs> yeah, leave your weapons <laughs> off to the side. Um, and I think as you listen through timing and tone is hard. Like tone, yeah. you can't really fake it. It's one of those, like a micro expression that you can't, you can't really fake um, having a good tone because you'll right. just sound really like sarcastic yes if you don't mean to like i think of angela in the office whenever she's like talking to phyllis we're like or she's like spoons are used for scooping the food <laughs> it's very patronizing yes, yes for sure so it's for very sure. very patronizing so the way i think to a better tone is to think through uh what it means to um listen in good faith yeah right and listen with charity meaning that you're giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt mm. when they're speaking to you and that, so in that sense, you're not the one using the tone, but you're, you're filtering through their tone right. with charity right. and thinking, maybe they don't mean what I think they mean. Right. Maybe, maybe she's trying to say what she's trying to say right. and not all the things that I'm reading into it. And honestly, sometimes it's hard to get to that point on your own. Another tangible thing we would say is get with another couple that you trust. And Ooh, we've done this with another couple. They've done this with us. Uh, you know, a couple of them, a couple of couples <laughs> yeah. that we've done this with, because usually you are more reserved with your words. You're more intentional about them yes. and you're, you're on better behavior. Although I mm-hmm. think we are definitely vulnerable in those conversations where, you know, we've allowed people to see us in our ugly and how we talk to each other. Though. Yeah. It's a safe space where we can be like, he is always like, <laughs> That's not a good one. But <laughs> when you say when when I, I feel like I can I can allow my tone to to shine through as far as like sometimes the anger or frustration, because I know that they're going to say, this is what I'm hearing and this is what I'm seeing. And and do you mm-hmm. think that that yeah. is a, a way that you want to respond or why are you responding like this? Why I, I'm sensing some anger in your tone. So, I'm sensing frustration. And they, good friends will do this is they will let you work it out and they will just be that kind of that buffer for you. Yeah. Um, I think of the, um, in the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy comes upon the, um, the what's his, the Tin Man, and he's all locked up because it rained, and he was out there chopping. He's rusted, yeah. He's all rusted, and what did she do? All she did was she took some oil and just put it on his mouth. Right. Put it on his joints. Like, a good friend, a cu- couple friend will be that. Oil they'll can. add oil. Yeah, they'll be your oil can and <laughs> basically get you talking, yeah. get you moving, but they're not moving or talking for you. Right. They're just there to facilitate the communication in a healthier way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you're talking talking about is that I remember that conversation we had. We were going through a fight. Some friends of ours, they loved us well. They mm-hmm. brought us in and say, we've noticed this. Let's talk. Yeah. And all they did was get us talking to each other. And then they observed and then right. they offered their observations. Yeah. And they asked a few questions. Mm-hmm. And they helped us see the gospel more yes. fully in that area. They helped us love each other more empathetically. Right. They helped Selena be a lot better in every way. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
You're just like, that caught you off guard. Okay, let's recap real fast. So we've talked through, we're trying to talk about. (laughs) Ironically, this feels like it's not very clearly communicated. Clearly communicating when things aren't so clear or things don't feel so clear. So the first thing is be aware of these, actually be aware of these three things. Oversimplifying the situation and oversimplifying each other's feelings. Okay, that's how you can start to clearly communicate. Yeah. Um, be aware of ignoring or not considering the subtext or connotations around maybe a question or a circumstance, a question you're ans- asking or how you're answering it. Be aware of those connotations, the subtext, things that aren't said. The final one is be aware of timing and tone. Because a lot of times those two things will contribute far more mm. to the, a healthy <laughs> conversation than the words that are actually being said. Right. And underneath all that, be aware of empathy, empathy, empathizing with mm-hmm. and for each other, but also um, pride and how pride is playing a role in how you're either um, you're either having a faithful view of your spouse and how mm-hmm. and a faith-filled view of, of God working in your spouse and a faith-filled view of how God can use your words yeah. to um, either encourage um, or you know instruct. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of those those things below. And I below liked the what you said. A, a lot of I think. The Holy Spirit and God are so good, right, in teaching us how to clearly communicate, but by developing the fruits of the Spirit within us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all of those things. Self-control, don't forget it. Self-control, there it is. Um, All of those things contribute to this area of communication, right? And so I think if we can go back and read, this would be my, well, my first couple's conversation challenge, Ryan didn't like it. I said, the best advice comes from Vanilla Ice. Stop, collaborate, and listen. (laughs) Goodness. So good. You, it's good marriage advice, but that's as far as it goes. Uh, but I would say go go into Galatians and read. Something. Uh, Grab a hold of me tightly. Stop. I'm saying it. <laughs> go read about the fruits of the Spirit as a couple and start identifying how those are either being produced or not being produced and ask the Holy Spirit to continue to produce those within you, especially mm. in this area of communication. How can I be more patient with you, God? Uh, Per spouse, person I'm married to, how can I be more loving and gentle and more self-controlled? And when we get around these hot topics, how can I, mm. you know, extend grace in these areas and be filled with joy when we're talking about hard things? Like, where mm. does that come from? So definitely go back, read the fruits of the spirit, talk about those. Where's that found? Galatians five. Mm-hmm. It's Galatians five, um, and then. So that's a very, very good. Read Galatians 5. It's it's incredible. Listen um, to Vanilla Ice. And then tangibly, <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> tangibly think through maybe three things, mm. three ways that you can empathize with your wife or with your husband. How can you empathize with him or her? And actually write those things out and, and present those to each other yeah. and, um, and then see if maybe you've hit the mark or how you can improve it. All right. So with that said, I think baby's getting a little restless over there. Do you want me to pray? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Lord, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for this grace over our words, Father. I pray that they would be fruitful Mm -hmm. um, in people's lives, that they wouldn't be um, words that glorify us or our ideas, but just illuminate your truth and and glorify you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And God, I'm just so grateful for the gift of communication, what it is that you've given us, the physics of of speaking and words, and you've given us language. You've you've, uh, you've made yourself known in human language so that we can know your will. Mm -hmm. God, I'm just so thankful for the gift of communication, how you have communicated so clearly. Mm -hmm. Help us to do the same. 
And God, I pray for the husband and the wife who might be going through um, a hard time in their marriage. I pray that you would fill them with hope, that you would fill them with faith, that you would compel them, God, to, to want even more of you, to be hungry and thirsty for your word and hungry and thirsty for righteousness, God. And I pray that you would have your way in, in their relationships and you would strengthen and bolster their faith throughout the process. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. Once again, it's been a blast joining you here for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will see you in about seven days. And until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.